Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Let Me Ask You, the podcast. Every episode, we encourage our audience to reach out because we strive to be as inclusive and interactive with you guys as we possibly can. Today, sadly, we're minus Jake, but we brought on a real person to tell a real story. His name is David. We recently met him through work, and he has a topic that he wants to talk about that is dear to him. I ask that you listen with an open mind, and I hope you enjoy this new segment of Let Me Ask You, the podcast, Real People, David. Yeah, I had sleep paralysis last night, so that's great. Oh, yeah. How? Tell me about that. Oh, it's horrible, man. It's horrible. Does that happen a lot? Uh, Increasingly often. Yeah, tell me about that. Tell me why. Not usually, but okay, so I've had it happen a few times before I got here, right? Mm-hmm. And mostly I just attributed it to my anxiety disorder mixed with stress, mixed mm-hmm. with can't sleep, right? Mm-hmm. So I get anxious when I'm awake. I might as well get anxious while I'm asleep. Um, but increasingly here in this space in this area in asia tell you, i'm gonna have a whole new outlook on asia going into this um it, it's always the same always the same. let me set the setting for you it's late you're sleeping <laughs> you hear a noise it sounds like the front door is it the front door opening, or did you imagine it? Anxiety peaks. Dun dun dun. Instinctual fear. I can't even. <laughs> fear takes over. So I, I imagine. I know I imagine it because I know my front door's locked because I lock my front door before I go to sleep. Right. So I imagine my front door opening. Mind you, I am mostly asleep for this. Right. And also. No one can climb in here. Exactly. And that's I'm on the ninth. Got, I'm on the ninth floor. And that door has the double yep, security. It has feature. Double security feature, so nobody can get in. So I'm sure you're like, okay. No so one, I no know. Here. I know rationally that there is no one else in my house. Mm-hmm. Um, but in my lucid dream state, right? Which lucid dreaming is another topic. We'll talk about that later. I'm super good at it. Mm-hmm. I think it's a great technique. Except when you get anxious. No, I've heard um, stories of lucid dreaming. And yeah, stuff. it's 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 a good it's a good thinking technique. Um, so I imagine the door opening. I see the light from the outside hallway, just fill up the space right of my stairwell because I have stairs in my house. Mm-hmm. Up the stairs into the hallway of my outside room. Um, because I'm trying to not sleep with my door closed. Mm-hmm. Because when I go back home, I have the kids, then I want to sleep with my door open in case I need something. I'm the same way. Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> I've left my bedroom door open. I imagine the front door opens, the light fills the hallway inside up to my bedroom door, and I imagine it's the sounds and the shadow of something walking up my stairs, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then. In my lucid dream state, I clearly see a opaque black humanoid swing the door open here and see this. 
and then walk over to my bed and stand there and stare at me while I try to scream. Mm. Right. Obviously I'm trying to say, who are you? What are you doing in my house? Like, what do you want? You know, yeah. like, cause it, where I come from, we don't lock our doors. Right. We, I, growing up, I never locked my door. People could just come in the house whenever. Yeah, just I like just, when I came here, I said, you want like, me to lock yeah, it? No, don't yeah. lock it. See, it's fine. I'm, I'm the opposite. I have to. <laughs> See, because I'll just say, if I'm, back, if I'm back home, right? If I'm in my hometown and someone comes in the house, I say, who's it? And they say, what's up, man? I'm like, oh, hey, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Or if I ever lock my front door, they just come in the back. Right. And they're like, why is your door locked? I'm like, oh, oops. Sorry, I didn't realize I locked it. Mm-hmm. So, me trying to initially say when the door opens, hello, who's down there? Can't say it. Mm-hmm. Someone coming up the stairs saying, hello, who are you? Nothing. This figure comes into my room and I'm, you know, category five freaking out. Is it always a black? Always black, opaque, humanoid, just walking in, just mm-hmm. stares at me. I, I assume it stares at me. It doesn't really have eyes. What else would it be looking at? Yeah, what else would it be looking at? I'm the only thing in there, right? But the the crazy part is, like, last night, when I... Oh, and every time I snap out of it, if you've ever had a panic attack, that's exactly what it feels like. You know, it's hard to breathe, shaking, sweating, you know? Uh, And it only lasts upwards of a minute, but that's a long time. The crazy part is that this time, last night, when I woke up, I wasn't even facing my bedroom door. I was turned looking the other way. So I know that 100% of it was imagined. 100% of that was in my head. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I've fear and when like that kind of stuff, I have learned and been shown and taught what sort of things uh, the principalities and the rulers of this world. And maybe a little bit later I can share my experience with a dark presence, but um, <clears throat> I, even I experienced something. Now, I didn't have sleep paralysis, but it was a mixture of just being in a new place and hearing things that didn't sound right that trigger trigger that. Yeah. And uh, that there, there's a there's definitely a war going on for our for our very souls, and I believe. Just based on the story that you told me and from multiple people, I think it's more than just lucid dreaming. Have you heard of people who astral project? Yeah. And they meditate like yep. heavily. Heavily. Yep. Things like like astral projecting and, uh, and, and some forms of yoga, you know, depending how deep you get into it, um, you actually, you can open yourself up to things that you would not want. You're basically opening your, your, your spirit and saying, here, you take over. You do what you want to do. Just like with like mediums, sure. tarot card readers. Uh, I don't know if I believe that. Well, it's, it seems entertaining and harmless, but when you, Ouija boards too, for instance. Oh, see, Ouija I've boards. I've heard stories about Ouija boards and things that have happened since people have interacted with those things. And you're basically saying whatever presence evil, it's not good. You're basically giving giving, giving them legal right to to uh, whatever mess with you to 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 scare you 
et cetera, et cetera. Um, well, let me ask I'm not, you. I'm not saying you're you're possessed. Let or, me ask you. But I am saying there is a possibility. It's def- it, def- it definitely didn't come from God. You know that. Sure. I mean, that's that's pretty obvious. Because um, it reminds me of a scripture that says, for God did, did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And if you speak God's word into the environment, it's it's like a, a sword and it's powerful. And, you know, my advice, if you'll take it, is uh, whenever I get fearful or anxious or scared, uh, especially that situation, <laughs> you know, that's real. That's real stuff there. Yeah. Um, I would recommend calling on the, the one and only name that can deliver you and save you. And that's Jesus because he's in the heavenlies. So are, so are the the principalities and spirits of this world, a.k.a. demons and uh, dark angels. And, yep. Uh, Jesus is above all. He's he's the highest. If you call upon him, Jesus, help me get this thing out of here. He's like the pit boss. He's going to he's gonna take care of it for you. So I, I think I think your issue and, and many others with sleep paralysis and seeing things like that is spiritual. I'm not an expert. Sure. Oh yeah, local disclaimer. (laughs) We're not professionals around here, okay? Yeah. Don't quote us. This is this is just Don't sue us either. (laughs) Sue me for what? This is just experiences that I've had and and heard from other people. Ranging from my dad talks to me at night to black figures following me around and appearing sometimes. That's that's real stuff. It's all spiritual. Sure, I think so. Yeah. Some people might say it's psychology and think, yada, yada, yada. I think that it could be a mixture of the two. Sure, yeah. If you listen to my podcast, let me ask you. Find us on Twitter and Facebook. Often, uh, you know that I don't believe in the rigidity of the wor- world. I think that God the Creator made this and put it into motion and then gave us the tools to figure it out. Why? Because he wants us to succeed, like like in each, like any, like any father to any children. You know, I want my children to succeed. I'm not going to do it for them. I'll help them when they ask the right questions. You know, I'll give them advice, lead them down a certain way. They'll have all the tools that they need, but I'm not going to do that for them. They will go through hardships. They will have obstacles. They will have to deal with it. They will have to work through it. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, they would call on me to help them, to guide them through that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not putting those problems in front of them. That's just how it works. That's just how it was made. I think that God put this in motion, gave us the tools in the Old Testament, saw that those tools weren't working very well. It was like, man, we need some new tools. Sent his begotten son mm-hmm. to give us new tools to say, hey, look, my bad, that wasn't working very well. We thought it was going to work a lot better than it did. It didn't. It served its purpose during its time, but it's a new time now, and you need new tools. So here's your new tools. This is how you do this. And gave us everything we need to succeed. Hardships and the obstacles, the <clears throat> chemical fragility of our minds as humans, the physical fragility of our bodies as humans, <clears throat> the inability to fully grasp a physical and spiritual connection melded together i think that all that is designed to be there on purpose one it stops us if if we were able to because i do spend a lot of time meditating right 
I am in touch with my my brain, right? Mm. Uh, a lot of people think meditation is the absence of thought, and it's not. It's the acknowledgement, the full circle of a thought, and then releasing the thought. It's, I'm meditating for two hours. I just heard a car beep. I know what a car beep sounds like. That car was going that way. I heard it. It's gone. Because I'd rather think about where I'm at in my head. If everyone, if anyone was ever to reach quote unquote nirvana, which whatever words have no meaning, words only have meaning that you associate them to. I'm sorry. They have meaning. Just, they don't have to mean what everyone else thinks they mean. You don't have to be so rigid. Uh, If everyone was, if anyone was able to reach that meld of physical and spiritual body together here on earth, then, you know, everything that God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit works for would be mute. And that can't happen. It can't, can't happen because, well, because I believe it can't happen. My beliefs are different from David's beliefs, are different from your beliefs, are different from your brother's beliefs, but we're working towards the same goal. I have a theory that I've based off of historical science, current social and economical science, and my religion, right? Because I don't believe, like everyone else believes for some reason, that science and religion have to be mutually exclusive. I think they can work together. I think that's the thing. I, yeah, I can agree with that. I mean, yeah, if, if I'm... There's some science aspects you could... If I'm an all-knowing God, and I'm like, well, eventually they're going to learn how the world works, you know, chemically and physically... I might want to, you know, make my plan somewhat coincide with that science. If I'm creating it and I know they're going to know about it, let's make it back it up, right? Um, So, in my theory, in the beginning there was Eden. There was Adam and Eve, and they they lived together in the garden, right? Now, there are religions, namely Satanism. Now, see, their religion says that there was someone before Eve. You know, Lilith, the mother of demons. And, And the way that... The where, where they get that is from the Torah. That's in the, the, the Jewish holy book. That's in the Torah. The Torah starts its timeline at the absolute beginning of everything. The Holy Bible, the secular book for most of Christianity, covers the beginning. Now you say most of Christianity? What do you mean by that? Most of Christianity. I mean, there's, there's religions that use like the Dead Sea Scrolls, hmm. and they add books to the Bible. They just add more onto it. Uh, the the King James Hebrew to English translation of the Bible. Now that covers most of the story. It covers the beginning. It covers the end. It covers the middle. And there's different accounts. So we can cross-reference different accounts for credibility. Mm-hmm. Different people. Yep. But yeah, same context. The Quran, <clears throat> the Islamic Book of Faith, covers much of the beginning, some of the middle, and a lot of the end, a lot of the after um, Jesus left. Yeah. Now you gotta you gotta understand that my timeline and my descript descriptor words of beginning, middle, and end are based on my belief, not mm-hmm. the story of time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's like a game of telephone. You know the game telephone, mm-hmm. where you get a bunch of people, right? And the first person creates a sentence mm-hmm. and tells the next person. That person tells the next person, tells the next person, tells the next person, tells the next person. And when it gets to the end of all the people, you know, it works best with like 30 to 50 people, usually in like schools. Yeah, yeah. Uh, When it gets to the end of the person, it's a completely different sentence. Mm. It has 
the same general theme as the original sentence, but all of the words are changed. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Now, being an open-minded individual, I have friends from lots of faith. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> For instance, I am Christian. I do have satanic friends because I think if you're going to believe in a good guy, you've got to believe in a bad guy. Right? And those friends have agreed with me that there is God with the same logic. If you're going to believe in the bad guy, hence you're a good guy, you've got to believe in my good guy, your bad guy. There it's, has to be a, a pull and take, you know? Yeah. I mean, even <clears throat> it says in the, in the, in the Bible, even, even the demons believe in God and they tremble, but they believe. So exactly. So yeah. talking it's, to my it's, friends, it's very easy, definitely to believe. I mean, I think you're off, you're off to a good start or you're, you're, you're in a place where if you can at least say, yes, I believe there is a God. Sure. Yeah. Talking to my friends of all faiths, I have surmised that the overarching story of religion and of the creation of this earth and this world, physical and spiritual, the same, has the general theme, much like the game telephone. You gotta think, and this is where I pull historical, ethical, sociological science into it. In the time before modern technology, people didn't travel. A few people traveled, and they didn't go very far. They took their stories with them. Since the beginning of time, humans have been telling stories. It's how we relate dangers. It's how we relay locations. It's how we relay time. It's how we relay belief. We always tell stories. And if I take this story and I walk Six days, you know, if I walk two months because I'm an adventurer and I find a new set of people and I don't know how to communicate to them, but I need to tell them my story because that's what I do. I tell stories. I tell them my story. They take what they can and then they tell the story. The overall, the overarching theme of the world's religions is the same when you look at brass tags. Mm-hmm. And this is where our opinions differ because I know you're a devout Christian. I don't think that religion is so rigid. I think that God created, God set in motion. God said, here you go. Show me what you can do. This is your world. I made this for you. This is your end goal. Let's see how you get here. Here's the tools. Yeah. uh, When you said, you know, here you go. Let's see what you can do. So I haven't been a Christian my whole life. Um, It's only been a little over two years. And... I never, I never read the Bible. I, I went to church when I was a kid, and uh, I knew, like I knew what Jesus did. But everyone knows pretty much who Jesus was. You know, you can say, do you know who Jesus is? Yeah, I know. But it's one thing to know who he is, and then it's another thing to believe what he did. And I, I was in a place of, I was a mess. I, I was addicted to, uh, to Adderall bad i was up for two three days at a time um i was drinking alongside that and an excessive amount of pornography like that was my world i was a mess i was such in a pit of just despair and shame but you know what you could meet me on the street and i would have been like normal sure you know because we hide it so well because we mask things yeah we do and uh but i was dying inside my my marriage was dying uh my, my soul for the for the wages of sin is death. And at that time, I didn't really know what sin was. I was just, to me, I was just doing a lot of 
stupid stuff and I was stuck and I couldn't get out. Because if anyone struggled with addiction, you can't just quit. You want to. No, you want to, but you can't just quit. No. And uh, and this one particular night, I was home alone and I had been up for almost three days straight drinking and uh, I was addicted to poker. I was gambling, a lot of stuff. That was a mess. But uh, I had gotten so deep in a pit that I had no idea. I, I, I could have died. Like, you know, three days straight, jacked up on Adderall. You know, I could have had a heart attack, a stroke. Because I'm a little older, you know. Sure. And uh, I, I would have creeping thoughts come in. as like, I don't care if I die. This is so bad. Like, I don't, I don't care. It's just ended. I never thought about killing myself, but I was like, if I die, oh well. You know? So I was at that point. And uh, so that one night, I was led to start watching uh, like sermons, like clips of sermons sure. on, on YouTube. And I was so convicted of the things I was doing, my, my sin, I was so desperate and in need of help that I remembered what Jesus did for people like, for like me and you and everyone. So I cried out to him. I said, I'm a sinner. I realized that I was a sinner. And I said, please save me. Forgive me. And instantly uh, the, the tears came, the tears flooded. Um, I was, I was delivered and rescued that night um, from alcohol had no desire to drink after that, that very second. Instantly delivered from any desire to watch pornography. And I quit Adderall a week later because that's, that's like a chemical, yeah, it's a physical chemical thing. thing. And uh, that was rough, <laughs> but I did it. And that, I don't care what you know what anyone says, that's, that, that's a supernatural transformation. Um, when, you, when you ask Jesus to save you and forgive your sins and you put your faith in him and trust, he puts his spirit in you. And you become a new creation. That's why when people say, I was born again, your, your old spirit that was dead to sin, Jesus now puts his Holy Spirit in you, your new creation. And then from then on, it's sanctification throughout your life. So it's, it's, it's more than a matter of, well, I agree with the Bible and I'm going to do these things and now I'm a Christian. Sure. You have to be, you have to have that, that. There has to be you have to be saved again. You have yeah. to be born again. That transformation is required also to be reconciled to God because you're going through, sure. this, through the Son. You know, Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. Right. You can't get to the Father except through me. Once, you know, you're reconciled to God through Jesus Christ, everything just kind of makes sense. It, it, all your questions about life, all your questions about why am I here, it's instantly, it's in your spirit. You know the truth. It's, it's, it's that knowledge and wisdom that's hidden and only given to God's people. That's, that's kind of like my, my testimony. But I've, you know, I've been on the other side. I've, this happened when I was 38. I've partied. I've done many things that I wish I hadn't done. I've questioned things. I've, I was into astrology for a while. I mean, I had the big book and I was doing all that stuff. I was seeking truth just like everyone else is. I like to, I like to think of it like this. Jesus is always knocking on the door. You just got to open it. He's not going to force himself in. Exactly. Here's yeah. the tools. Here's the way. You know, and everyone goes through their their life and they get there if they get there, hopefully. But as as a Christian, um, I am commanded and not out of loathing, but I'm very passionate and I want to share my story because once once you experience the love of God, it changes your life and you want to share that with other people. Absolutely. And... Some people hear it, you know, thank you. 
other people. All right, you know, yeah. so stay away from so, me. I'm sure no. Yeah. Uh, look at this guy. He's a he's judging me. No, I'm just sharing the gospel. What your truth is the gospel. Exactly. Yeah. I'm not sharing my truth. I'm sharing the gospel and right what God did for me. So let me ask yeah. you: Are you self-taught Christian? You said you've been Christian for two years, mm-hmm. right? Right, two and a half, something like that. So you went to, did you go to church? Did you, you haven't? I never went to church. Never went to church? No. Uh, see, this is interesting no, because. You're talking about like recently or like before? After your conviction, yeah. after your night, after your big day, right? Yeah. That's what I like to call it. <laughs> yeah. That's what I like to call it. Your big, big day. Your big day. All right. All right. After your big day, did you then go to church? Not right away. It took, it took about a month. Because there was things in my life that God had to deal with. This is interesting for me because some context about myself, right? Whereas David is a very new, fresh Christian, I'm a very old-blooded Christian. I've been a Christian for a very long time. And in life, we all have different things that we're good at, right? We mm-hmm. have different... The Christian word we use is callings, you know? Sure. And I can I can say that that's a Christian word. It's a calling. No, that's definitely... It's, yeah. It's what you mm-hmm. do, right? Whereas I was a Christian very early, my calling took a very long time for me to find. Uh, and I spent a lot of time in church. You know, I spent, you know, Sunday, Wednesday, Tuesdays, sometimes Friday nights. We had revivals. I went to friends' churches. I was saved and I knew it. I was very confused because I'm a very, I'm a very passive person. I don't enjoy conflict. I enjoy conflict resolution. And going to my friends' churches and coming from a divided home, when I eventually went to my mom's Catholic church and then my dad's Southern Baptist church and my friend's Methodist church and my friend's Lutheran church, and I was just bombarded with all of this disagreement. And I went finally to a non-denominational church where it wasn't, I'm a Lutheran or I'm a Catholic or I'm a Baptist. It was, I'm a Christian. You're a Christian. Yeah. I'm a Christian. Yeah, I we're agree. Christian. That's all it should be. We have different responsibilities. David's passion is telling people about Christianity, planting the seed. My calling, which took me a long time to find, so I'm very rooted in it, is evidential relations to our physical and very real world. I am a man of logic. I take the logic that I've learned from the world and I apply it to my religion. A big thing for me why nobody wanted to be a Christian was that it was so rigid and it was, you do this. It was burdensome. Yeah. You yeah. do this, you do this, you do this. Yeah. You don't say that. You're not allowed to do that. You can't yeah. dance. Yeah, you have that's, to wear pants. That's not Christianity. That's not Christianity. That's, that's a religious. That's religion. That's religion. I don't worship a God that's going to damn you for eternity because your hair is too long. No, because that's not true. Because that's not true. Yeah. There's a lot of misconceptions and viewpoints that very misconstrued. And so what people don't understand is there's there's several different types of Christians. They have different callings, you know? Well, can, can I tell you why I didn't go to church? <clears throat> yeah, of course. For about a month. Because I was 100% totally content just being with God, basking in his mercy that he had on me. I bawled for three days straight. I said, you saved me? I couldn't believe it. Out of billions of people... And here's little old me. You saved me. So I was extremely grateful. And I felt undeserved. Not in a bad way, but humbled. Like, sure. you chose me? Like, I, I couldn't believe it. And uh, I was so grateful. 
And I was totally content just being with God, praying, talking to him because I've never done this. I was so fulfilled. Sure. Set free. I didn't want to go to church because I've been to churches before. I, you know, I'm not crazy about the whole denomination thing. Uh, I like to just say I'm a Christian and I have, a, I have a relationship with Jesus. That's all that matters. Now, once I became more knowledgeable of, of uh, and, and through mentorship, I had the desire to go to church. But the desire changed from I'm going to go to church because I have to check the box. I went because I wanted to serve the church. Yeah. I wanted to serve the people. Absolutely. I wanted to get involved with their ministries and God would use me in the church. So the, the motivation went from shifts. I had to check shifts. these boxes to be a good person to right. now I have a purpose in the church. I, I jotted down a few scriptures I felt on my heart to share. Yeah, go And ahead. Uh, these, one's from Matthew and one's a psalm. The reason I chose these is because I once was in pain and I was broken and lost. In, in, in Matthew eleven twenty eight. Jesus says, come to me, all who are weary and, and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And basically what he's saying is, come, you know, come to me. I am easy. My yoke is easy. You'll have no burden. I've interacted with a lot of people in my career field, and, uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, unhappy, unfulfilled, depressed lost people this certain scripture i think uh kind of described how i used to be um just heavy and burdened by the by the world and you know everyone's got problems and some people handle that in different ways so i you know i've, I've been there and i've done all those things seeking some kind of peace then there's a this is one of my favorite psalms it says the lord is close to the brokenhearted and he rescues those whose spirits are crushed when all self-confidence is gone, you know, you, you realize we're broken and lost and you need a savior. That's why it says he's close to the brokenhearted, not the prideful and the arrogant. You have to be at a place where you can humble yourself. I believe that's when God comes in and that when the walls are down. Because he's not going to force himself. And, we talked about that. He's not going to do it for you. Just everyone's story is different. Mine, he had to put me deep. He had to put me real low to finally realize that I needed him. So I just wanted to interject there and say, yeah, it's yeah, absolutely. I did nothing to deserve it. No. It's, it's it's just based on his mercy. That's the way that the Christianity, the Christianity spiritual spirituality belief works. That's what I believe. That's what you believe. It's nothing that we did mm-hmm. to deserve this. It's just his grace. He chose to do this for us. He chose. We took the right steps. He chose before we even yeah. were born. He well, knows he knows the choices and things we will do, but it's it's up to me up, up to us sure. to make those decisions. Okay, but he knows every action. He knows us better than we know ourselves. Yeah, that, that's a, that's yeah. a good explanation because yeah. I know there's a lot of people. I've met people. We still have our will. Yep, we still have our will. Yeah, there's a lot of people out there that that think that God just made this huge screen right of how things were going to work, and I don't think that's the case. I think he crafted an algorithm right with whatever i can't even fathom godly power that he has right (laughs) it's beyond me how he created everything right he said here it is i did it it's here he made this algorithm he said he pushed play right and then he pushed print he pushed print report and he just read the report right he's like wow this is how this turns out that's kind of cool i like this we could go with this it's nice what i've created works 
and we're going to run with it. Do I know what's going to happen? Yeah, I know what's going to happen, but I didn't decide it. I just started it. That's the way I look at it. I don't think that. No, that's know. that's a good analogy. Um, and see, that's my thing. Yeah. Relativity. Christians are real, real quick to sell the benefits of being a Christian. Right? You get to go to heaven. Boom! Right out of the gate. That's a big one. Like, hey, that's a perk. Yeah. Eternal salvation, eternal happiness. Come on, man. What? Uh, they're quick to sell. You know. Forgiveness of all your sins because people feel humans feel bad about decisions they make. It's, it's the Holy Spirit, right? It's your conscience. But they're not quick to sell the process, the relativity to your life. Uh, a lot of people join, become Christians because they think their life's going to be easier somehow. Mm-hmm. That is absolutely wrong. Yeah. Your life's not going to get any easier. It might even get harder, right? Because now you adhere to a belief system that a lot of people don't adhere to. And that's hard with any religion, with any with any either secular, non-secular, mainstream or non-mainstream religion. When you adhere to a religion that has values that not the whole world accepts, your life will get harder. Yeah. There's a saying, it says, if you're on your walk as a Christian and you're not facing any trials or tribulations or temptations, you're doing something wrong. Yeah, you're not, you're not a threat. Diamonds yeah. are forged under pressure. Yeah, that's okay. I like that, yeah. Historically, if a sailor is at sea, he doesn't learn how to become a good sailor in smooth, calm seas. You don't learn how to be a good Christian when things aren't bad. But when things are bad and you use a mixture of your faith and your grounding to get through it and you rely on your beliefs and you know the relativity to the world, then you have a story. Then you come out of the other side saying, look, this works, right? This is the way that I want to believe. This works for me. It works for everybody. That's the secret. The secret is it works for everybody. Mm -hmm. The hard part is how to get people to accept it without forcing it. Right. And I think that's something that you cultivate as you become more knowledgeable. Just for example, when I shared my testimony, when it happened within the first couple of months, I was all over the place. I was emotional compared to now as I've grown spiritually i can put it into better perspective sure. to where people would understand you go from being like an infant and you steadily grow you can't be born saved saved and then become a pastor the next yeah, day it yeah it won't work it's just it's not feasible it's not it won't work. logically doesn't make sense and, and you have to you have to trial and error it error mm-hmm. it right um i did some some teaching some sermons right i did that uh because i knew that i was good at talking i knew that i was charismatic i knew that which is i will you know, but I will concur. Yeah, you have a lot of influence and charisma and, and charisma. at work. I'm good at You're just natural at it. I'm good yeah. at influencing people. Yeah. So I knew that my overall strength is doing this. So I was like, well, let me try preaching. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm a preacher, right? Then I started it and I was like, ah, oh, this is not fun. <laughs> I am not having fun. This is stressful. Right. I don't like doing the research. I, I was up for hours just like worrying about... Oh man, I'm gonna say the wrong thing. Yeah. Is this is this joke even funny? Like, should I put this in there? Should I go joke? Should I go no joke? You know, what should I do? Because the, the pastors that I've always been around are rigid, and here's the word. Mm. This is it, right? I, I later on in life, I found pastors that work for me, and I still don't think that I could do their job. Mm-hmm. They have a big job, so I tried that. It didn't really work out. 
I taught some small groups and I was really good at teaching small groups, right? Really good like at, a, hey, let's sit down. Let's talk about this. It's like a teacher. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. yeah. More of a conversation, you know, cultivator. Okay. It's not me teaching as much as it's us having a conversation, okay. right? I know, I know some things. You guys know some things. Let's pull all the things we know together. Let's try to make an intelligible thought out of this. Yeah. I can guide this because I know more about the topic than I let on, right? I've studied the topic. I know the topic. So let's have a conversation. I can guide it easily. Uh, yeah, a teacher is what I would, I would call it a teacher or a counselor. And so it takes time to cultivate your skill, to learn this is where I fit. It doesn't, your calling doesn't have to have a definition. I'm a musician. I mean, what if you're not? What if it's somewhere yeah. in between? Yeah, yeah. What if it's like you're the sound tech guy? Like you like music, I get it. Yeah. But are you good at it? Does it make you happy? Does it bring you joy? Then you're maybe not it. It's right. probably not for you, man. Yeah, if you're not happy with it, then it's probably not for you. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's about the length there. Do you have anything else? Like any other things you want to hit on? Well, um, I mean, we've talked about the mercy and grace of God. Grace meaning something that we can't do on our own. I'm always hesitant to share this part because it doesn't glorify God, but it's but it's a part of my testimony. You know, I've experienced uh, demonic things in my life, like sure. physical manifestations of demonic things. I believe this is part of my testimony so that people who might not be sure or they're like, eh, you know, whatever. I, I've had two main experiences where evil has manifested. And one of them, when I was at work, I was standing, doing my job, directing cars. And uh, there was a gentleman about 15 feet away to the left. He was smoking a cigarette, kind of like people smoke joints like this. Sure. And I could Casually see... Casually smoking a cigarette. Yeah. Very like cowboy type-ish. Yeah. And I could see him in my peripheral looking at me. And then when I looked at him, um, he didn't have eyes. It was just black ovals, orbs, <sighs> and they kind of pulsated like electricity. I, I looked at him for about two or three seconds, and then I looked straight. And this was about a week after I was born again. I've had many theories of why God revealed that to me, anywhere from it was just an attack to try to scare me, to kind of shake me up a little bit. Because yep. once you become a Christian, born again Christian, you're 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 a target by the enemy. You got a bullseye on you because you're doing the work of God. You're you're sharing the gospel. They don't like that. So whether it was that or to introduce it to me, so when it happens again, possibly that I know what to do next time. Was it just a distraction for me, put placed there by the enemy? You know. I have many series, and I'm not going to say I know exactly what it was for, but it's definitely um, you know aided in my walk and definitely concreted the idea that there are definitely spiritual forces absolutely at work, and um, they're real, and definitely want to be on the right side. And uh, I don't tell this story to everyone, but just when I see it necessary. I don't think that acknowledging that the enemy has power is a discredit to God, because that power balance was agreed upon. When Lucifer, the angel, was cast out and sent to hell, according to our belief, um, there was an agreed-upon power relationship. It was, I am God. I am in charge. You can have your fun. Do your thing. You know, roam the earth. Go ahead and try. But your time is limited. Your time is limited, and my believers are strong. Acknowledging that the enemy has power and acknowledging that there was a supernatural force probed to you i don't think it brings discredit to god you know i think that your ability to withstand that of 
that interaction is credit to God. A lot of people would have freaked out by that, you know? A lot of people would have had a bad time dealing with that. And you were able to ground it in something that you know. Something that you know is this power struggle between good and evil. Without that knowledge, you know, graced to you by God, you may not have survived that. That would have been... Mentally. That would have haunted me for a while. Uh, I actually caught up with him. He, he, he had come through the gate several times. Like, yeah, he, sure. he worked there. It was just more like a kind of a weird... Kind of an have, odd situation. Yeah, have a good one, you know? Because, you know, he didn't know. And then I always prayed, you know, God, why did this happen? Why did you show this to me? About six months later, I ran into him on a quiet Saturday morning. And uh, I told him. I just straight up told him. And uh, he wasn't very surprised. He was like, hmm. He goes, black eyes. That's not good. You know? <laughs> That's not good. Yeah. And I said, well, what's your, what is your current, who do you worship? What is your religion? And he said, oh, I'm a Reiki master. And uh, he straight out just told me he's a Reiki master. Um, he worships idols. Yep. Um, he's into like new age stuff. I kind of validated my experience. Yeah. Well, that uh, would uh, that would explain some things. Have a nice day. Please don't kill me. <laughs> but he, you know, it just shows that if you if you dabble in that and you're into that stuff, yeah. you can be used as a conduit, and that's physical I, evidence. And the enemy does not want to be seen. That's the greatest deception and secret is they don't want you to know that oh they yeah are. they want you to know that it's fun they want to stay in the dark yeah if everyone knew about demons and how scary they were then they'd they would, all run to god <laughs> they would be like oh dang god help <laughs> no me no thanks man yeah, yeah. so it's, it's all deception and uh darkness hopefully someone might listen to this and it sparks something and might stir up their faith yeah just for now you know i want if that touched someone or they've had an experience where they believe that I could help them, I want to help them. I'm not worried about getting my name out there. Thank you for listening to Let Me Ask You Podcast First Real Story from a Real Person. It's been a pleasure having David here talking about his journey and his story. If you feel like you need to reach out to the podcast or to David, I have the information. Of course, you can find the podcast on Twitter at Lemmy underscore podcast. We also have a Facebook page, Lemmy Ask Your Podcast. Always welcome if you have a story you will need to tell. If you feel like you were touched by David's story today and you need to talk to David directly, uh, he's given me permission to put his personal business email here. Uh, it is dbro80 at yahoo.com. Please reach out to him. And audience, please, no hateful stuff. Here at Let Me Ask Your Podcast, we are firmly rooted in what we believe. Jake and I do not have similar views on the world, as you know if you listen. And we don't really care for your hate mail. So if your goal is to stir a reaction in us, you won't get one. This has been Let Me Ask You's first real story from a real person. We've been on with David Bro. David, thank you for being here. I truly appreciate you. Yeah, thanks, Clay, for having me. Um, this is my first time doing something like this, and I appreciate the opportunity. And like uh, Clay said, if you have any questions or you just want to reach out, you can contact me anytime. Stay tuned for episode three. We're going to drop Halloween Day. It's going to be great. We're going to talk about missing persons and strange disappearances. And I'm sure we're going to make a lot of jokes. I mean, come on. You know this podcast by now. We'll see you in episode three.